Stasiak. He must have a depth perception problem. That, I, he's not wearing his like glasses. Like The Rock was saying, if there is anybody back there who wants a shot at The Rock, come out right now. I mean, where the thing with Fabio is, God rest that young fella's soul. When Pop Smoke died, I was like, oh, Fabio about to take it up to where it should go. And then it kind of went from, you know, his project that came out like in April or May of last year. And after that, it was just like, you know what? We got about 50 Fabios in Brooklyn alone. Yeah. Uh. And then there's, you know, Lil TJ, who I actually like. I like a lot. Um, who is, is that the kid that made, I got black, I got white, what you want? No, no, that's Lil Tecca. He from, uh, he from Long Island, same place Daylight's from. I think Lil TJ from Brooklyn, I want to say, too. <clears throat> and then you got J.I. You got this... Uh, this dude, CJ. Oh, yeah. The little TJ had the state of emergency emergency project. Yeah. I got it saved. Yeah. Um, you still got a boogie out there. <laughs> I mean, that that I guess him, he's the king of New York. I guess say boogie. I mean, now that pop, you know, rest in pieces. It's past it's been almost a year. Yeah, uh, I forgot who I said originally. Oh, I said uh, St. John is the king of New York. I didn't know he was from New York. I thought he was from, like, you know, Iowa or something. Why, why, why would you think he's from Iowa? <laughs> because certain really good R&B singers nowadays just be from random places. Like, Bryson Tiller from Kentucky. Some other people from these places. Like, I don't know where anybody's from. And that's kind of a good or a bad thing when it comes to music because we knew what Snoop was from before he said it. We knew Dre, Quick, etc. because the accents and the way the music sounded. And you got Big, Junior Mafia, etc. But now with the artists, they could be fucking from, like you said, Idaho, Nebraska, and you'd be like, damn, I really don't care because they fire. Like, yeah, like Corday from Kentucky. You see what I'm saying? Like, not that that's bad. Nappy Roots is from Kentucky. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, yo, this dude fire. You're going to be listening to someone. You're going to be like, oh, yo, this slap. This slap. I promise you to slap. And you're going to be like, he's from North Dakota. And you're just going to be like, what? You're going to question if you should keep listening to it. Because you're like, I didn't, I didn't know stuff like this happened in North Dakota. Hey, it's just like uh, I told my roommate, I told her, like, all the arm, you know, the type of RB I listen to, that Lucky Day type RB stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, if you make that type of music, people are going to presume you are from LA, even if you don't have a biography, just based on how the music sounds. And for the most part, most of those singers that come from 
you know, wherever they come from in the country, when they move to LA, they basically from LA at that point because they make vibes and B. Yep. B and B. So, you know, Lucky Day is definitely vibes and B and blues and they Baby Rose is from DC, but she don't I I'm, I don't know if she lives in LA, but still, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's just <clears throat> one of those things where, you know, someone is um shall we say influenced by by their environment in a way that you didn't expect it to because la is such a laid black place that it becomes a vibey place and it's like no you can you can show out a little bit more please do please do we when we tell people because me and you from la if the listeners don't know we just tell people when you come to the city just relax don't be out don't be in the city while you feel me yeah, there's still like I was talking to people at work about this. It's like there's still some really, really like I know LA's portrayed as like Hollywood, the beach thing, but there's still really dangerous places out here. There's still places where a lot of people will will step to you and catch you slipping. So you have to be careful because if you get a little too wild, a little too reckless in certain places with certain people. You got to remember that Westerners, we still like that whole cowboy Wild West knowledge that we were the Wild West and it was kind of lawless out here. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, sometimes people still carry that spirit. Absolutely. You know what's crazy? I always think about how many workers are from LA and the only person that comes to mind is like John Morrison. There's Morrison, there's TJP. Uh, um, what's my man, Scorpio Sky? Yeah. No, we ain't claiming TJP. He he from he from Orange County. Ain't no damn way he from LA. I think he's from LA. What part? He from Diamond Bar, bro. And that's not even LA County. Yeah, I that's that right. Yeah. It might be. He, no, he, he was. He, what's oh, what part? No, no, never mind. He was born in Kansas City. No, but he claimed L.A., but I'm like, bro, you not from L.A., L.A. I think he was born in Kansas City and raised here. Oh, yeah, he grew up in Riverside. That's what I'm saying, bro. No, we just know. I ain't no disrespect to Riverside. We just know, bro. Like, you ain't from L.A., L.A., how you be talking. You from Riverside, you from Orange County, who, uh, no disrespect to anybody from Orange County, but I don't fuck with Orange County. So pick a pick a city in Orange County. That's where I thought TJP was from. I thought actually he would be from like uh, Van Nuys. Uh, there's that. Uh, from California. See, this is where it gets tricky because they have people here who just live here. Like, I know Shanti <laughs> is from Oakland. Um, but the Bella twins are from Arizona. They've been very vocal about that. Uh, a lot of the Samoans are from the Bay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Right. Yeah. The Fatus and the Anawais are all, they were all born out here. Yeah. You got, I mean, the legend, Leon White. From Compton. From Compton. Uh, funny enough, 
Jim the Anvil Nyhart was born in Montebello. That kind of makes sense, bro. <laughs> like you, you don't think of it like you're like, oh, oh, okay. You're like, oh, certain people are just like, okay, yeah, this. That this makes absolute right. sense. I didn't know that Jim. Not yeah. even if he wasn't raised in Montebello, him being being born there makes a whole lot of sense. Because if anybody knows about anything about Montebello, California. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's not Tom deal. Alicia Edwards is from out here. I mean, she's from San Diego. She's from California. But Who that? That's uh, Eddie Edwards' wife. And then. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Ryan Cage from Kelly, if I'm not mistaken. I think he is. He's from Riverside, if I'm not mistaken. Speaking of Riverside, uh, hold on. Let's look him up. Is he? Oh, he's from Chico. He, I think he's from the same place as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's from up north. Yeah, he's from the same city Aaron Rodgers is from. They are both can't go back all stars. Yeah, I've heard the Chico. I've never been out there, but I've heard of Chico before. Uh, yeah. But I, I think is Molina from out here? Yeah, she from LA. She from San Bernardino, I think. Yeah, she from High Desert area. So she from the same place my wife from. Uh that San Bernardino County? Yeah. County? Yeah. If you but high desert, all that means is they don't want to be a you you're not about to say I'm from San Bernardino. Oh, what's the name? Homie that used to be a WWE. Uh, he had the the master lock. Oh, Chris Masters. Yeah, he from LA. Yeah, he from Santa Monica. If I'm not uh, mistaken, that makes a whole lot of sense. Because when I found out a couple of years ago he was from LA, I was like, bro, yeah, you not from LA. You from Santa Monica or are you from the Valley? Oh, we can't forget about the legend that is a uh, awesome Kong. She from Carson. Carson. Oh, she from Carson. She's from Carson. Yeah, when I found out, when I saw that shoot interview, I said, Ooh. okay, that makes a lot of sense. When I found that, then I found out she was from oh. Carson. I was like, okay, everything makes sense. And we can't forget about the Inglewood legend, Ivory. I thought she was from uh, Torrance. She was born in Inglewood. Maybe she was born at Daniel Freeman. She had to be, bro. If you was in Inglewood... We're giving people a lot of L.A. history, but y'all need to hear it. Uh, it is. Uh, he Jungle is. Boy, I forgot, because his dad was, a you know, Rick Perry, so he's definitely from out here. He was in the 90210, for sure, for sure. That's a shoot. That ain't, yeah. that ain't good work. Bailey from San Jose. Wait, I just had a name that's from L.A., and I, I, I lost it, unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to think. Who else? Who else? Ray, uh, of course, from San Diego. Ray and family from San Diego. Um, wasn't Sean Stasiak from out here? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Rest in peace. No, no, he's from Canada. I'm tripping. Sean Stasiak dead? Yeah, he's dead. Let me look this up. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say it like I don't mean to say it like that. Like, yeah, he did. Can you repeat the question? 
Uh, no, me, me still alive, bro. No, he's dead. I promise you, you must be talking about his pops, bro. Sean Stasiak is alive, bro. No. I promise you. Oh, no, he still is. You're right. He still is. Yeah, you tried to. Bro, you tried to kill me. <laughs> I did try and kill me. Yeah, he's um, from up north too. Yeah, his pops died. I know that Stan Stasiak, the heart. Yeah. Uh this is weird. They bill Willie Mack from South Central, and he's from St. Louis. Yeah, I keep hearing it. I've heard he's from St. Louis. I heard he's from South Central. I, I I don't I don't know. I know he uh wrestled heavy in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, Apollo is from Sacramento. Apollo Cruz? Yeah. Okay, how the way he smiled, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder if he knows Sweetie family. Just for he, he definitely he was I don't think he was, you know, no, I don't I, oh. I highly doubt that. Okay. He don't even know he probably don't even know who Sweetie is, bro. He knows who Sweetie is. Everybody knows who Sweetie is. You sure? Yeah. yeah. I want to know what she's going to get in wrestling. She got the outfits. You know, her and Meg going to come in as uh, the tag team, and they're going to face uh, Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan. That's got to be the move. All right. I told you I'm uninstalling the app on WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm definitely uninstalling that day. About to be in the house hollering. Oh! Big fella, put the phone away. Put the phone away. You dehydrated. You need fluids. Um. Anyways, let's get into this. Uh, <laughs> I got to introduce the episode. We didn't even do that. That's oh, okay. We was talking for like 10 minutes just about that. Hey, no. sorry. You already know what it is. You already know it's kayfabe. Ain't dead. Episode 31. <laughs> Right here, you see, I'm putting on my LA accent since we was up here talking about Cali for you. Uh, yeah, I, this is Bang Star Rest too, my boy Barry from LA as well. Inglewood, you already know what it is that part, yes, sir. Uh, welcome everyone. I'm glad you start doing the, the episode numbers because I was feeling really bad about telling people this is episode. Um, we'll figure that out, but not, nah, um, you know, it's a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, you got the Royal Rumble that happened. You had Kenta showing up in AEW, which means this is now the third promotion that AEW is working close with. And yeah, we got some other things. But first, let's get into uh, just a really funny thing that I realized. So everybody remembers Undertaker's interview with Joe Rogan, where he was talking about wrestling being soft and talking about the young kids and this you know, not being this and being too pretty and worrying about their image and not worrying about the important things about the work and such things. He's, he's said things like this before. He's talked about flippy wrestling. He's talked about just the overall state of wrestling in its current form throughout all form, like throughout all promotions. And as you can guess, uh, what is he? 57. Uh, Taker. Yeah. He's he 57, but the motherfucker looks 72. Okay. But yeah, Undertaker, he, as you can tell, um, for a man who's given, you know, 30 plus years to the business, he's 55. 55 year old man 
he is not a fan of this of this current era of wrestling, which is, you know, that's totally cool. Um, but then it, it got me thinking because I was watching Inside the NBA. And, you know, over the past few months, Shaq has taken a few shots at people and particularly t- the, the two best players on the Utah Jazz with like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And people essentially, you know, those players essentially responded to the way, the same way workers responded with to Taker, which was, bro, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, that's essentially how they got. Because you had uh, uh, Xavier Woods coming out here and saying, you know, I, I'd rather play video games and I'm just as, I'm still manly, even if you don't see me out here with guns or drugs. And then you had... <laughs> Roman, who was like, "Bruh, you, you, you wasn't out here doing really doing that. You saying they had guns and drugs in the locker room at all times? Y'all was y'all was going state to state. Mm-hmm. You you telling me y'all was just trafficking like that? Like, he, I think he Taker forgot that Roman's family was like in the business, so he was just probably looking at that like, whatever, dude. Right, and then like, you get my uncle uh, was kicking it with you." Yeah, both my uncles was kicking it with you. Like, what, what are you talking about, bro? Like, BSK, you know who was a part of that? Yeah. You, you telling me you was kicking it with all these Samoans and the Godfather and Savio Vega, and it was guns and drugs around, and none of them got arrested? Thank you. Like, you just said the Godfather and Savio Vega, bro. If it's anybody in the Samoans, yes. if it's anybody that's going to get arrested, first is going to yeah. be Godfather or probably Sophia yeah. Vega, whoever they can get to first. Yeah. I mean, the Samoans would have thrown them off because they would have been like, the hair a little too straight, but brown skin, come on. Right. Uh, but nah, and that's pretty much the way, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert reacted to Shaq, and it was just like, well, whatever. And I just thought that was funny. It's like, yo, The Undertaker and Shaq are basically the same person now. They just call out the younger generation and everybody's just looking at them like, I mean, okay. That's, that's, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I'm going to go out here and do what I do. And I just think that's hilarious that, you know, we've gotten to this point where like the people we grew up watching are so crotchety that you, you cringe a little. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, oh, you, you turn it into that dude that you, you sound like KRS one talking about modern hip hop. You sound like Talib Kweli. Like, okay. You sound like these real hip hop heads. I was really hoping wrestling wouldn't get to that. Like I was really hoping some of the old heads wouldn't get to this. Like, Oh, you know, this, this is wrestling. This is like, bro. If that's your big issue, take that shit up with Vince. Because that's the dude. That's the, like, I think we said this about Taker before. Like, yo, take that up with Vince. Because these dudes just doing whatever Vince will pay them to do. And, I mean, Shaq, you know, bro, this ain't, you know, this ain't your era no more. People respect you. They still know who you are. They had no disrespect for you. It's just... (laughs) They get criticism so much that you go into their face and saying, hey, I don't really like how you're playing. What they supposed to do? Shout at you? 
Yeah, it's, you know, we've heard the jokes. It's the old men yelling at the, the clouds, et cetera, et cetera. Man, it's, it's really just a point that, you know, I can't speak for Shaq because that's once in a lifetime. Like, I don't – his hate is weird because we'll never see that again. We got athletic big men or, you know, players that, you know, are close to his height but not his weight that were mobile as him. But at the same time, they not him. So I don't understand why he's hating. Shaq is arguably probably top five greatest player of all time. Definitely top 10. Just, you know what I mean? That that's something that wasn't supposed to be made, got into the league and it was just like, well, shit, what do we do about this? But in the case of Taker, it's just, you know, he, I think it's coming from a place where, you know, he's talking about how people look and all that, man. You're a grown-ass man. Why you care about how another grown-ass man look? But, yeah. I mean, but, I, I equate that to, like, Shaq money counting, pocket checking. Yeah, he shouldn't because, according to him, he worth over $500 million. And that's not me counting his pocket. That's what he's told people. Yeah. Which, yeah, this nigga got 20 commercials. He got 20 sponsorships. Yeah, he owned 26 Kukaroos. Of course he, he rich. Yeah, he do a, cur- a commercial with the Surgeon General or the general that you see when you watching the Maury show when you unemployed. So yeah, I I think the nigga Brad is, is straight plus the NBA contracts and all that. So he do Papa Shaq. John's commercials, right? He brought back Papa John's. He brought yeah. back the nigga pizza. People in Nebraska love him just off the Papa John's commercials alone. Wait a minute, people in Nebraska eat Papa John's? I don't think they eat like. Good pizza, do you? That's the only thing that's out there. Nigga, I don't know what's in Nebraska. Papa John's. Do they put moose meat on it? Is there mooses in Nebraska? Hey, if it tastes like a pepperoni, no, that's Canadian, but if it tastes like a pepperoni, they'll put it on there. Yeah, because I feel like in Nebraska, that's all they do is probably eat pork and live pork, just freshly made. But, you know, with Taker is going back to what we talked about before what others have said. I just like the fact that now everybody's starting to speak up, particularly, you know, the head of the table. He said, bro, you trying to be gangster. That shit had me rolling. Like, yeah. bro, you, you, you're not really about that life. And then, you know, he's talking about people that was carrying guns and knives. Bro, you're not talking about in the WWE. When you say back in your day, you're talking about before WCW. When you failed in WCW, you talking about the other promotion. I think he was in Mid-South. I, don't, I can't remember where he was working when he was uh, me and Mark. So he's talking about it probably was Mid-South. I don't yeah, know. When, you- when Teddy Long was managing him, when he was me and Mark. So he's talking about there. You know why? Because a bunch of your co-workers were a bunch of rednecks who we can't even remember unless we – find these matches or these these cars that they're on. Yeah, someone just puts up a random VHS tape on YouTube. Then we'll know. Yeah, a lot of so it's a, a lot of them, you know, unfortunately, but you know, depending on their views, unfortunately, uh a lot of them died because bro, horrible diet, drugs, horrible diet, alcohol, horrible diet, alcohol. So steroids. Yeah, that's probably a little bit around the time steroids started becoming prominent in wrestling, but a lot of those dudes wasn't doing it. Or if they was doing it, they wasn't working out. 
Like these dudes weren't in shape. So that's what he probably mean. Like they probably didn't wash their ass properly. So when he's talking about that time, I'm like, fam, so you talking about the Jim Crow era? Nigga, you ain't that old. No. What are you talking about? You talking about you talking about, about the, the war on drugs era. Yeah, like because even at WCW, yes, it was racism, but they still had TP money. So they had people that kind of appealed to what that era was from the Legion of Doom. Well, I think the Legion of Doom was in WWF. So the Steiner Brothers, people like that in that WCW before yeah. you got like fired. And all of that stuff. Yeah, so they all had some type of look. Like, I mean, obviously the Freebirds wasn't the best looking men, even though I don't judge how men look. But, you know, I think they still had women, according to Michael P.S. Hayes. You know, he still had that top at the, you know, the crown at the top of his head. And he put a hat on. See, that's white privilege when you can have the crown at the top of your head and I go home. That's white supremacy right there. Yeah, because I wish I could do that. So I would get cracked on a lot if I did that. But that's what I'm saying. It's just an example. But then it's just like, bro, like you, y'all the same people in the shoot where you just mad because the young people are surpassing you, not more so Shaq because of athleticism, but more so the money. But it's like, bro, you made how much money is enough money? Was that? And it's just, I'm. It's not even that they surpass. They're just doing it. They're getting to the same place you got in a different way, and that's okay because you know, um. The routes, the routes change as you go along. Like, nobody's gonna take the same route because then that's the standard route. You're not, and if you're an anomaly like a, a Taker or uh, a Shaq was, then not everybody can take that route. Taker was a athletic six ten white dude. How many of those do they make? Uh, not that many. Exactly. You know. Shaq was a seven foot, three hundred pound athletic black dude, but not, they they make a good deal. They don't make a lot of seven foot ones. They make a lot of athletic three hundred pound black people, but not at seven feet. Right, but you like, know where it's but it's the thing too, and maybe he's saying this <laughs> because there's a lot of people that don't look like him that's passing him as far as athletic. Because yes, he was athletic, but then. You got dudes that's heavier set than him being athletic. Like, you know what I mean? The dude that at his height is amazing. But if you can be like a Willie Mack, what proceeds to be out of shape and you doing front flips and dives and all that, yeah, you probably would be mad too if he yeah. was more. Yeah. Like, um, my homeboy was asking me, like, why are these big men doing these big flips? And I was like, because they can. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could do it, you would do it, too. Trust me. If Rey Mysterio could do a military press, he would do a military press. This but, uh, but um, yeah, I didn't expect that to be as long of a segment. But, you know, it's always nice to hate on the, the old heads. Um, anyways, you know, the big thing that happened this past week is we had the Royal Rumble. And it was a good show. It's actually a really good show. Absolutely. Like, you got, I mean, the Goldberg-Drew McIntyre match, which was hilarious. I was just surprised Goldberg was able to get him up for a jackhammer. Like, that was the thing that surprised me. I thought Goldberg was just going to 
do spears only. But you see, it's starting hurting him. Like, bro, that man get bloated fast. He he got to sit the hell down, bro. Yeah, you just. I mean, I get it. Vince offer you a bag. It's hard to say no. But bro, this about two years now since the Saudi bag. That it's just like, bro, he can't pick nobody up. He get out of breath in five minutes. It's like, bro, sit your ass down, bro. To be fair, Goldberg was never a 20-minute match guy. He wasn't, but he just get tired fast. He blow up. Like, you know, when he tried to work with, with Steve Regal, he tried to work with DDP, he could kind of keep up without getting, like, bro, he just he blows up super fast. He like, does. Bro, he don't have no lungs, like. That's what I noticed, like, out of everything else, within five minutes of that Drew match, you could tell he was like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah. But, I mean, he got through it. Drew got him through it. And the right person won. The right person won. And then we got the uh, the Sasha Carmella match, and, like, yo, I am amazed at how good of a worker Sasha, I mean, Carmella has become. Like, she went from being like a pretty decent worker to like a legit good worker. Because mm-hmm. like she was doing spots in that match. And the thing that let me know, like, okay, she 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 stepped her game all the way up. Well, she was able to work at different speeds. Like she was able to keep up with Sasha when Sasha wanted to go fast. She was able to keep up when Sasha wanted to go methodical. She was able to do dives with her. She was able to do surprise spots. Like I was like, okay, okay, Carmella is here now. I don't know who she's been working with unless she's been talking to like Daniel Bryan or someone. But she got it now. You know, she she definitely worked on her craft and you know, she worked on everything else that need to that didn't need to be worked on, but she worked on it. Yeah. I was all here for it to begin with, but now she can legit wrestle, so you know. Yeah. And I like the dude Reggie. I just, we got to do, we got to, you know, the hairline, you, you got to go home. Hey, man, listen, if you can do front flip, back flips, like you the Black Power Ranger, just keep just keep your dress. Keep the Steve, Stevie That's true. dress. He did the M. Bison in that match. Like, he he went forward and spun. I, I, I rarely see that. Son, he was like Vegas. That's all I saw. Yeah. Was yeah. Like, if they got a cage, he going to do the flips and everything. But um, nah, it's cool. That was a good match. Then we of course had the women's rumble, and I I think we both were surprised because I think we both thought Bianca should win, but I didn't think you know WWE so overthinking that they would. We thought yeah they would just swerve us here, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They let Bianca win, and I was I was legit happy about that like because i think i told you this like yo man nobody is they haven't been building they haven't built a wrestler this well in a long time no no they they haven't like they've been prepping her for super like her superstardom push in the last few months has been legit like excellently handled like every step of the way and this is how you knock it out of the park because she had the survivor series match she was killing that. She had a few spots before that where she just looked great. Then she had this little rivalry with Bailey. 
And the blow off, unfortunately, it came where they didn't really realize it. But the blow off was, you know, her eliminating her in the Royal Rumble. And you got to think like, yo, she looked great against Bailey, who was, you know, probably at this moment, from what we've seen, is in the prime of her career, both character and working wise. And Bianca's like, yeah, I can be with you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yo, man. This is also the Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble. I think we have to acknowledge that that might have been the most ass in a Royal Rumble that we have ever seen and probably ever will see. Because at one moment, we had Bianca Belair out there. We had Bailey, We had Naomi. There was Tony Storm in there. And there was mm-hmm. someone else. And I was like, yo, I had to shout you out. Like, yo, are you good over there? You might have had to sign out real quick. Who me? Yeah, I, I was. You know, I thought you was over there pray, praying. No, I was watching the match, but oh yeah, because I was wilding on Twitter. I was like, wait a minute, was I doing something else? Yeah, I was kind of wilding on Twitter, but I wasn't like wilding, wilding. But bro, they this—that's the greatest uh rumble match ever. I don't give a damn. They brought out that was that was the All Star. That was the 2012 uh, NBA US basketball team yeah they brought them all out i was like bet but you know all jokes aside uh like you said we thought originally (laughs) we really thought it was gonna be alexa bliss and they said nope (laughs) they got that out of the way very fast which was hilarious to me uh but then i was like oh they about to put it you know put rhea ripley over which you know I wouldn't be surprised if that would have happened, but for Bianca to go over, yeah. Well, that, now I'll let you go because I, I got my thought about why she went over, and I mean we wanted to happen, but I really got an idea as to why that happened. I think the only thing reason I had, well, thing I realized was like once I saw Charlotte, Bianca, and Rhea at the end, I was like, okay, if, if Bianca gets eliminated here, Rhea's winning. If Charlotte gets, if Charlotte. If anyone, if Rhea or Charlotte get eliminated here, Bianca's winning. Because I, I got, once it got to those three, I was like, okay, Charlotte's not winning. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I mean, they, they did their damnness to keep her strong that whole match. Like, she was not selling very well. She was, um, they even, they had to have the two strongest women in the WWE, like, eliminate her. Mm-hmm. Like, they kept Charlotte ungodly strong throughout that whole rumble like she had a pre-show match she didn't show any wear and tear like she was just good she got in and she just immediately started beating i was like yo they are wild like they are just pretending like like uh charlotte is like goldberg Mm -hmm. but i mean that's what happens when you're charlotte flair um but go ahead uh so th- this is my thoughts about why that booking happened. Uh, of excuse me, Bianca going over. Uh, number one, you know, I think it came to a point where Triple H had a meeting with Vince. It was a call to uh, call a guy or call a Jesus moment, however you want to phrase it, to Vince. Like, hey, bro, we running this. You know, we running this documentary on her. Uh, she over. You might not want to fuck this up, champ. 
then yeah. I think what really said, okay, she got to go over. It's really that Peacock deal, that WWE Network Peacock deal. Here's why. That deal, let's go to the Fox deal first. That being a Fox deal doesn't happen unless you have a minority or two or three, like they've been having for the past couple of years, have the titles. Uh, the same year they got it, and, you know, it, 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 it was all around the same time that Kofi got the title and, you know, yes. you got all these mi- minorities with the title. So Fox was like, oh, this ain't wrestling that we used to. This is wrestling that's profitable because we are in a time right now where to a certain extent, African-Americans and other people of color are marketable. Diverse. Uh, it needs to be more black women out here, but, you know, that's another subject for another day. Uh, especially darker tone women, but that's a different subject for another day. Uh, so that's how they got the Fox deal. Nobody's gonna tell me otherwise. Cause why was wrestling not profitable a year or two before that? But 2019, as we get to the end of the decade, it was like you know what? We can give wrestling, pro wrestling, a billion dollars to yeah. be on our network. Yeah. Cut to 2021. The Peacock deal was announced a little bit a week or a couple of days before, if I'm not mistaken, before the Royal Rumble. Uh, they knew about the minorities in WWE being over. Now, David paying attention because once again, it, it's getting to a point where diversity. We see that uh, Batwoman is now a black woman. Yep. And that's a DC product by Warner Brothers. This should be the by Warner Brothers, produced by Warner Brothers. So with NBC, NBC is probably bigger than Warner Brothers because they've been around just around the same time, if not longer. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's Universal, and essentially NBC is owned by Universal, so it's NBC. It's Warner Universal. Okay, I figured so. Around that time, or so, let's say, let's say, this deal has been on works for a year, two years from now. Mm-hmm. They know the same thing that I just said. They was like, yeah, so a lot of minorities winning over there, a lot of diversity. These these don't look like pro wrestlers. Uh, these companies know who the hell Bianca Belair is. I'm gonna tell yeah. you why. Uh. Because just like me, if I'm somebody that's in a production company working for one of these major studios or, you know, or a major network like NBC, I'm looking like, I don't know what a Bianca Belair is, but we need that on this network because this is different. This ain't, if you, if anybody didn't watch wrestling, and they saw Bianca Belair, they'd be like, bro, I don't know what she do, but she cold. She yeah. don't she don't look like a pro wrestler. She don't fit the description of how a pro wrestler looks or should look, but God damn it, she could wrestle. That's the thing. So sure. that deal, parsley is probably because of her, but more so the minorities. So it was just a coming to Jesus moment that Triple H said, bro, you might want to go ahead and do this. You want another bag somewhere? 
you go ahead and do this. Or if you want her name to still be attached to this company in the future, if she decides to do something different, because now it's evident and it's something we said for years and anybody with common sense knew that now she's about to go to different heights A pro wrestler, particularly a woman pro wrestling has never been, you know, with Sasha it's kind of like, she's been on the Mandalorian. She's done other things. Cool. Bianca Belair. I said it, I've said it on numerous platforms that we're part of. I've said it numerous places. We've seen, this is Beyonce in 02, 03. This is me, myself and I, Beyonce. That's fair. And we know how that went. It just kept going up, 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 and up. And it's going to get to that point because she is the next thing that's going to transcend past pro wrestling. She chooses to do that. Like, don't be surprised if we see a Ivory Park, but it's, it's, a, it's a Bianca Park or whatever. And then besides that, they had her appearance on the news yeah. in uh, Tennessee, where she's from. Bro, when the last time they had pro wrestling on the news for something positive? That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, they're you you have been saying for a long time she's a superstar in the making, and the the sky is really the limit for her. We'll see if these things, this great personality and mentality and things like that, and translates into other things if she wants that. Um, I think the main thing that you hit on that I do want to say is like this was clearly booked by Triple H. Because mm-hmm. once I saw Bianca and Rhea were going to be the last two, I was like, oh yeah, Triple H booked this. And not just that, like it was all the women we wanted to see. Like you got to see Shotzi Blackheart. You got to see uh, Dakota Kai show up. You got to see Mickey James show up. Like you, you had Naomi be the anchor of it, which that's one thing I will like to point out is for all those people who say like, you know, Naomi has to put in more work. She has to prove that she's, you know, worthy of a push. That lady hasn't really been doing anything for the past four or five months. And her first match back, first time back on TV, she was asked to be the anchor of the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Like along with Bianca, like she was the anchor. Because she was in there the longest with her. Like Naomi's number two, Bianca's number three. And Naomi basically stays in there until just about the finish. Which, you know, for someone who's supposedly not good enough or not worthy of a push, did a damn good job. Whereas, you know, I was looking at Lacey Evans in there and I was like, I like Lacey Evans. I don't mind her per se. But this is the third top tier wrestler in that division that they've tried to use to get her over as a top heel. And it just ain't working, man. You might just have to rebrand the character. Uh, do that or make her a manager because, like you said, this ain't it. That all American, uh, blue, blue lives matter gimmick ain't working no more. Yeah, like she's clearly a capable hey, heel. She can, my, work. Fault, my fault to cut you up, bro. I know Nate is all but old, it's hell. No disrespect to Nate, the second greatest of all time, probably. But, bro, if Nate can't get you over, you ain't got it. Yeah. 
or like I said, it could just be the character because a lot of times we see people, you know, their character isn't good, and then a, a slight switch, a slight alteration of character, and it works. Look at what happened with Becky Lynch. The moment her character got to be a little more edgy and a little more like reactionary in this way, it clicked. The the Bailey thing, the moment they switched her from this thing to that thing, she went right back to being the Bailey that was amazing. Like certain people like Sasha and Charlotte, yeah, they don't have to change their character because they're doing the, the perfect character for them. Bianca at the moment is doing the perfect character for her. Lacey Evans is that just might not be who she is. Like she might just be something different and it could work. I need to turn her into a solid snake. Since she's Maybe in, so. Uh, rings and all that. Turn her solid snake, give her one pass. But, but like this is the thing too. So Nature's trying his damnness to put you over. And well, you, let's, let's you, be, you're not even trying to keep up as far as the promos. Let's let's also be honest here too. As much as Ric Flair is trying to put over Lacey Evans, Ric Flair is more worried about putting Ric Flair over. He can't, bro. But the thing is, I know what you mean by that. You're not burying him. It's just a point, bro. It's, it's it's one of those things where it's like if you're on a team with a great player. So God bless you. So if you want to use Bean, let's use let's use Jordan. Let's use uh, a Kareem. Somebody like that. If you and I know I should be using somebody from this era, but you know what I mean. Let's just use somebody like that. When you on a team with them, you understand the system is built for them, and it's out of your control, and it's not a problem because it's just I just named three once in a lifetime players. So with Ric Flair, he is a once in a lifetime shit individual, let alone just pro wrestling individual. He he's one of those people that that went outside or he was so cold back in the day that outside of wrestling he had influence on people that's true so with nate it's just bro i don't think he can help because it's just rick flair like the thing is with him and let's for a second i'll talk about rick i've seen that 30 for 30 countless times even though he used buddy rogers gimmick rick flair has been rick flair since he got that gimmick that's true so with her, it's just, you know, what I'm trying to say is you got to at least try to keep up. You know what I mean? Like, you can't – I understand it's it's probably Jordan. And, you know, I feel like John Cena is LeBron, but that's a conversation for another day. But you got Jordan right here. I mean, just get an open shot. Try to get open so you can get a shot. That That's all you can really do with somebody like that. Yeah. I, I think what you said also was, like, a perfect thing, like – once Ric Flair got the Ric Flair, like he started doing what Buddy Rogers did, it clicked immediately. And I think that might be it with Lacey Evans because I also want to be, I have to correct myself, because this isn't the third top tier woman that they've tried to use to get her over. This is the fourth. I forgot I, I was being disrespectful to Natalia because they also tried to use Natalia and it didn't work. Like, and I think part of the problem is like when she first came up, her first big rivalry was Becky Lynch. When Becky Lynch was at her hottest, then they tried the stuff with Natalia, and Natalia's such a respected vet that, like, yo, you really got to bring it in order to to hang with Natalia and impress people. Because Natalia is so trusted that, yo, 
if you said tomorrow, yeah, we're gonna put Natalia in a in a title match against um Asuka at the at WrestleMania, you know you're getting a good match out of that. Mm-hmm. Like she's proven that she can get a good match out of just about anybody. And she's gotten good matches out of Lacey Evans, but nothing that ever like pushed Lacey Evans to the next level. Then they tried it with Bailey. Once again, Bailey was at her hottest and it just didn't work. Now they're doing it with Charlotte, who's not at the hottest, but she's still revered, even at this point, as potentially the greatest worker in the history of that company from the women's perspective. And mm-hmm. once again, like, Yo, you you throwing her to the shark. Like, not everybody starts there. Not everybody starts at the top. And that's sometimes a disservice to people. Like, let's keep it real. When there's certain other wrestlers who've, like, had had matches against Corbin. I mean, not Corbin. Uh, <laughs> Roman. Against Roman. Or people who've, who've had matches against other top-tier wwe uh guys like right at the beginning and it's sometimes it just flounders sometimes it just flounders and sometimes you just need to work your way up and it works better like look at what happened with keith lee with with randy orton keith lee didn't even look bad against randy orton but keith lee you know they don't know what to do with him he's he got all that talent and they don't know what to do Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Lacey Evans in the ring enough to know that she can go. She's good. It's character at this point. And if it's taken this long and this many different top tier women and they, including Ric Flair and they still can't get you over. Yeah. It's your character, man. You gotta, you gotta, they gotta go back to the drawing board with you and it's fine. We see character rebrands all the time. A character that's done a good job of that is Alexa bliss. Like she's reinvented herself a lot over the years, and every time she does good character work. We could talk about all the different ways of of in ring work if you're not a fan of, but the one thing you can't deny is like, yo, I know who Alexa Bliss is as a character. Every iteration. Lacey Evans is just kind of there. Doing nothing. Yeah, and I don't necessarily blame her per se because this is what she's given and she's still trying to figure it out and it's just not working. So she might have to go to them and just be like, hey, I need to try something else. But um, I did want to talk about, before we move on to the Men's Royal Rumble, I did want to talk about just the fact that I thought the big standout from the Women's Royal Rumble was Billy Kay. Yes, sir. Like, not even from, like, a work perspective, because we know she can go in the ring, but, yo, she was the most entertaining thing. Like, she's able to get so much out of just little moments that, yeah, it, it's time to start thinking about her as, like, a potential champion. Even, like, as a weasel champion. She has succeeded because... She wasn't saying idiotic things. One reason she wasn't saying idiotic things like her former tag team partner and friend, shoot friend. Uh, she always had more personality. 
uh, she's a little bit better worker. She 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 works wonky, but I mean, you know, it works for now. I ain't one of them people that be like, well, you know, you can't work like that. You gotta have, you know, catch a scan. I'll shut the fuck up, bro. It's a different era. It's it's. Hey man, what did I tell you in the beginning? And it's it's pen. Out of everything else, I do fucking five podcasts, whatever. Not to put myself over. Out of everything else, I got pen on my Twitter that y'all can go see. What's the thing that's pen? Vince told y'all it's not wrestling, it's sports entertainment. Y'all just now seeing the vision. Yeah. What's what's the quote? What's the quote from Hove? You always say. I'm not a businessman. No, uh, catch up later. What you be saying on Twitter? Which one? Uh, oh, quote like, oh, listen to me now. Believe me later on. He he told y'all. Everybody else, you know, we'll talk about later. Everybody else doing pro wrestling. He said he ain't in the wrestling business. Yeah. So with uh with Billy Kay, it's just like, bro, you don't need to be, you don't need to. Be be a worker worker in the ring like bro just it's entertainment and she's doing that she's entertaining she's inventive you can do a lot of different funny things with her and still get it over because like we said she's a good worker and like character wise like yo you she's able to she's she's an interesting character because she's 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 this mick foley type where she's able to get herself over but not like bury you or like overshadow you at the same time because when you see her segments with like the riot squad there's enough room there for the riot squad to still have some some moments to themselves Mm -hmm. and like mick foley was great at that he was able to you know get some good segments in while still giving room to others this is why the rock worked so well with him because mick foley was able to find the pockets between where the rock was working and then he was also able to set up the rock perfectly this is why the rock always loved to work with him and love to talk with him. Mm-hmm. Like you could see that with Billy Kay. And if you want to do that with a Sasha Banks, if you want to do that with a Bianca Belair, if you want to do that with a Bailey, Billy Kay fits there because she knows how to, she just knows how to navigate these things. And like mm-hmm. I said, like let her win the money in the bank and just be a weasel champion, like finding ways to get out of things. And it's like, you know, we, we watch new Japan. Yano is great because he's just such a weaselly wrestler. He's always looking for the shortcut and it just works every single time. The audience loves it every single time. Billy Kay is doing that over here. So you just got to let it run, man. You got to do it. Um, And then we have the men's rumble and this was pretty straightforward. You know, I, I said I would really be laughing if Edge ran the table because <laughs> it was fucking unnecessary to have him at number one. I was like, this is mean. Like that dude's coming back from all types of injuries and you just want him to anchor the whole rumble. Okay. Okay. I see y'all. But nah, man, he won and it was a good moment. It was an absolutely good moment. Um, yeah, the, the spots in between were, were pretty good. You know, you had some some good moments in there. It was like the women's Royal Rumble was just way more entertaining. Like you got the R Truth moment with Alicia Fox, and uh, it's actually a wild statistic. Alicia Fox is now the third person to win a title in the Royal Rumble match itself. 
because first was Ric Flair when he won the Royal Rumble and became champion. And then a few years ago, Triple H did the same thing. And I mean, her pinning R-Truth in the middle of the Rumble makes her only the third person. Well, I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool stat. But I, I know how you feel about Alicia Fox. I, I'm going to move on real quick. Listen, listen, listen. That's, look, going back to what I said, brother, that whole that whole Rumble match, my blood pressure is boiling. Shouts out to yeah. Benny Seagull for that quote. Yeah. You, you sounded like Ha Ha Davis. I am horny. All right, listen, I was satisfied that whole Rumble. That's the greatest Rumble of all time. I promise y'all, you ain't going to give me the change my notion ever okay that's 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 both comforting and disgusting at the same time i don't yeah you ain't gonna i don't know how you did that but um hey am i the only person yeah I, i'm i don't know if this borderline racist i swear sometimes i get bad bunny j, j balvin confused no that's not crazy um that was that was about to bring up that spot too that was the best spot of the men's royal rumble it was bad bunny out there doing the cross body and i was like yo he looked better than Dominic Mysterio right now. That's a- <laughs> Man, uh, he Junior Junior, he only 23, bro. We got to remember that. Yeah, I just, I found it hilarious when I was watching him in the Royal Rumble. I was looking at him and I was like, yo, he is really getting like his NXT run on the main roster. Like he's getting his developmental stuff in right now. Like there's no reason he does he he shouldn't be on NXT other than his pops wants him close. Cause I'm guessing, you know, he a twenty three year old man. He'd probably be out there wilding. No, he uh, how old is Bad Button? I'm talking about Dominic. No, I know we're talking about him. He was on the out he was in that match for like five minutes, bro. Am I yeah. tripping? He was only there to eliminate Corbin and basically keep that rivalry going. Uh, Bad Bunny is going to be 27 years old this year. Was he? Yeah. I got to get that WWE merch from him, too. Yeah, that sure is fire. But the post, supposedly now he's at Bad Bunny's at the Performance Center getting ready for a WrestleMania match because Vince saw that cross body and he was like, oh, yeah, I can work with this Mexican. And it was like, Vince, he's Puerto Rican. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't give a damn what part of Mexico he's from. Yeah, damn, he's he's more agile than Sofia Vega. Like, yo, Vince, you got the Colognes. They're from Puerto Rico. You 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 rock with them. I thought that was Tijuana. Right. Oh, that's the other funny part. Carlito came out swole as fuck. Oh no, he in shape shape now. He took some time yeah. off. He ain't eating apples no more. He eating steaks. Yeah, he he looked like somebody daddy like. You know that daddy that don't play like oh yeah, oh you raised him, that's why he is the way he is. Look, and he still he still got the hair whipped and dipped. Yeah, he is fried guy, not laid to the side. But if I ever need to figure out uh, his ethnicity, just ask he, him. Yeah, he letting you know right before the forehead start. Yeah, if if y'all need to know, uh, you know how that Mayflower is fucked up, go ahead and look at him. That hair tell you everything you need to know. Yep. Yep. But Bad Bunny uh, about to be in the match. I need Bad Bunny and uh, Dominic in the tag. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
and you know thing thing about it now is like supposedly Carlito's coming back to do a, a new stint in WWE. Um but hey man, I'm a, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Carlito and Bad Bunny um doing what they do and then getting um getting, you know, a nice little nice little uh match against the Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania because that's looking like where it's gonna go. Hey bro, we need the Puerto Rican hurt business. Yeah. We we need nowhere to manage it. Yo, that'll be fire. Fire. We need a WWE wrestler to go on drink champs, period. Uh we'll probably get a, a former WWE or AEW worker on there before we get a current WWE worker. But never say never, but I highly doubt that. I don't know. Cause I'm, we should have MVP. MVP should be on there ASAP. But I don't know if he drink or any. Well, you don't have to drink or smoke when you get on there. But no. you know, uh, I think they could get Mark Henry. It ain't I, gonna be as fun, bro. We need MVP on there because you know, yeah, or the Godfather. That's what I'm saying. Because you know, Nori gonna ask them questions. That's why. Yeah. Did you fuck any of them divas? Hell yeah, yeah I fucked them. <laughs> what you mean? What you, what you mean? <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. So we we need somebody that's real nigga ish to be on there, bro. Because you know JBL might do it too. Nah, mm. nah, bro. He gonna he gonna say nigga and get stabbed up. Well, that's fine. But um, nah, it, it's um, yeah, we we do MVP would be a good one on on Drink Champs. Our Truth would be a good one too. But um. Or we can get uh, no, nah, I don't think they want New Jack. Yeah. No, sir. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be violence within five minutes. Mm-mm. Everybody getting shot. And, and and guess what? It won't be Nori. Nope. <laughs> or nope. any of his people. Nope. Nope. Capone gonna be sitting right there. <laughs> right. Like, nah, bro. These, these dudes is from left right Queens. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um. But nah, it's um, yeah. The Royal Rumble I thought was a good show. I mean, I know we had the other Universal Championship match, and that was fine. That you know, like I said, I think that that match was great. Um, I just want to get into something really quick before we wrap up. Um, because I was gonna talk about AEW working with three companies, and I'll I'll keep it this simple. You guys are working with NWA because you got Serena Deeb there. You're working with Impact. And now with Kenta showing up last night, you clearly got some New Japan ties coming. Hey, man, you know who would be a really, really good promotion to work with that I think could do a lot of wonders for AEW? More than New Japan, more than Impact, more than NWA combined? It's definitely ROH. No. Stardom. Mm. Because then you will get to work with a program that actually knows how to book women's wrestling properly. That values it. Because I I can't say AEW doesn't value their women's workers, but they don't. They they just look like they don't know how to do this. They don't. Big Swole was supposed to have a title match weeks ago. Yeah, like 
how is Britt Baker not become the champion? She's clearly your most compelling worker over there. And you haven't figured out how to get the belt on her. Where has Nyla Rose been? Where's where's Riho? Where's Anna Jay? Where's all of these people? They're having a tournament now. So hopefully you get more women's work there. But it feels like a lot of that tournament is going to be on AEW Dark just to get to Revolution. But, um... No. Man, they hate women's work, man. They hate women's wrestling. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I can't do this no more with them. They went from telling us we're going to have matches. You only get, like, one women's match on AEW Dark, bro, and that's YouTube free, bro. And then yeah. it went from that to... All right, now we got this tournament for women, Big Swole. She got the little uh, girl out here that was talking trash. I don't need to get that white woman no, you know, points for them moves she pulled. But then, you know what I mean? She got Big Swole told the little girl, what's up? Big Swole's supposed to have a title, man. Listen, man, Big Swole need to go ahead and go to WWE. Can we, I don't know. They need to figure that out. I've been saying that for about a year now. Yeah, her. Uh, all the all the ones that are good. Sheeta, Lakar Sheeta, she can do well over there. Britt Baker can do well over there. Chris Statlander can do well over there. Like, gee, I don't. It just, yeah, definitely Chris. Uh, it's just, you know, and Swole. It's just, man, listen, they don't love, they don't like women's wrestling. I ain't gonna even yeah. hold you, champ. Yeah, it's just it's gotten to the point now where it's like, look, if you don't know how to do this, and you clear clearly open to working with other promotions, you should probably give Stardom a call. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Stardom, like Stardom would love to have some more American exposure. They would jump at the idea. Because you got to remember, B. Priestley, who was like looked at as one of the young futures of women's wrestling, was with AEW and was like, nah, I'm going to go back to Stardom. Right, right. You know. Um... So, yeah, that was just my big thing with that. It's just like, yo, just go to stardom. Get get stardom there because you guys really need to figure out this women's working thing. Because I guarantee you your show will be more compelling with women's work. Go look at NXT. Go look at Raw. Go look at SmackDown. The more you empower these women's stories because you can just do different and more unique stories, the better your show will be, man. No, There's man. nothing... It's just how much emphasis, because the thing is, it went from, you know what I mean? We trying to collab to Impact, but then they started just banging on Impact. They started trying to run, they said, so then they go to Impact, but then now they got two workers from Impact going to their show, being AEW. Now you got Kenta showing up with Japan, so it's like, damn, bro, so y'all just going to have one worker? I mean, mind you, we in the panorama, but they ain't stop y'all from doing you know, a show in Jacksonville. That's so, true. Yeah, you can't be in Florida and then worry about the pan pizza. No, because your man's was out there working, saying, you know I mean? He was sick. He was on here talking about, yeah, I was sick for two months or two weeks, and I'm up here working. Like, bro, that's not noble. That's being an idiot. That's being unsafe, which, right. which leads me to my my final thing I think we will discuss here. So, this past week, WWE got rid of Lars Sullivan. 
Hey, they released him. Happy um, Black History Month. Greatest Black History Month ever. They got to get yeah. rid of the What's them jabronis, the Forgotten Sons. Get rid of them next. Well, Jackson Riker just had a match on uh, – the other two was just like, yeah, yeah, we ain't with that. We go rock with Corbin. Uh, Elias and Jackson Riker are a team now, which – I mean, I guess, but Jackson Riker's still on there. But the the main thing is I was seeing was like a lot of fans were really, really happy about that. And the other thing I saw was before the Rumble, Nia Jackson, Dana Brooke had a match, and Nia did a move that looked like a botch where Dana landed a little harder than she needed to. Like she didn't have time to prep her fall. And everybody's worried, is she okay? Is she not okay? Dana showed up in the Royal Rumble. She looked great. Um, by the way, she's one of the few, I think her and Natalia are the only women to participate in all four Royal Rumbles so far. Mm-hmm. If I have that correctly. Um, but yeah, maybe, well, maybe Bailey as well. I think Bailey did too. Oh no, she was the champion last year. She didn't last year but um the other thing i think that we forget sometimes and i've seen a lot of people like calling out nia jacks for being a dangerous worker and i i don't want to question fans sincerity hey hold on real quick bro they talk about in ring they talk about them them, them arthur morgan guns she got well they're in last thing, but um, I just think I, I don't want to question anybody's sincerity on how they feel about the safety of the workers because I they obviously like the product and they would obviously like to see those wrestlers in the ring as opposed to on the injury list. So I'm not questioning anybody's sincerity when they want to see workers safe. My question is dedication when to certain things that we care about when it came to Lars Sullivan and when it comes to Nia, the idea of Nia Jax being a dangerous worker is fans concern over these things because like me and you have talked about this a lot. So I know this isn't you. Like when we say black, happy black history month, Lars Sullivan is gone. I know exactly what you mean because we've been talking about him for the past two years mm-hmm. being gone because we got to remember the racist stuff came out two years ago when they tried to bring him back last year. They found him saying inappropriate things to women online again. Um, I don't address the other thing because I don't think that's really anything controversial that is like I could see is like negative. Um, but yo, man, I, I understand people being very happy about that. And I understand a lot of people feel like, you know, yeah, WWE, you know, this ain't a place for racism. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves because we can still look at, you know, wrestling is changing and it's becoming more diverse. And that's true. As I've said before, with the rise in, you know, steroids not being a big factor and you can't do that anymore because we know how dangerous and unhealthy it is. And, you know, just people getting caught like your company can get fined or shut down. You have to rely on athleticism. And relying on athleticism means you're going to rely on more people of color, be it black, Latin, Asian. You're going to rely on a lot more acrobatic people. 
So you're going to have more diversity. Now, wrestling is getting more diverse. I don't know if the mentality is changed just yet. Because we can say, yeah, they got rid of Lars Sullivan. They didn't get rid of him for being racist. They didn't get rid of him for being sexist. We knew that a year and a half ago that he was sexist. We knew that two years ago that those message boards came messages came out. They probably let Lars Sullivan go because his contract was about to be up anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they this and that, which is already stupid because Vince had two billion dollar deals in the past. Well, he had a billion dollar deal in 2019. So the idea that he couldn't afford to let go of Lars Sullivan was silly. He he thought he could push past that. Then the sexism stuff came out. And he had to send them away again. Couldn't get past that this time. So his contract was up and it was like, you know what? It's too much controversy with you. You can go. Like, I, I don't want to give WWE too many points for for letting someone's contract basically next to run out what it seems like. Because uh, that's the only thing I can deduce. But um, you got to think of all the people they let go before that who didn't have any controversies. Leo Rush didn't have racist or sexist controversies. Huh. Rusev, Rusev didn't have that. Uh-huh. Rest in peace, uh, Luke Harper didn't have that. You know, Eric Rowan didn't have those things. The Colognes didn't have those things. Uh, you know, the Good Brothers didn't have those those issues or those stories about them. So there's a whole lot of people who got released last year that wasn't Lars Sullivan that didn't have nearly as much drama around them. And then you start to think about, okay, let's look at the landscape of wrestling. In AEW, you have Excalibur and John Moxley, who have we've seen old promos of them using the N word on television or in a promo in wrestling promos, and never really having to apologize or justify it or explain themselves or anything like that. Who said said the N word again? Moxley and Excalibur. No, I know about that Jabroni Excalibur. I know about Moxley. Yeah, he he also said it. It makes sense, but uh, but even then Man. you had. You Maybe had a, just dislike this guy even more. Thank you. Then you have, you know, Jericho out here being very all lives matter and also promoting COVID conspiracies on his podcast. And no one's sitting here like we're just saying, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. This is a this is an illness that has claimed the lives of 400,000 people in one year. And he's sitting here being flippant about it. You know, we go to WWE. You've had Kevin Owens in promo saying the N-word in past years and before he got to WWE. I think Sami Zayn also got caught doing it. Or they have him video of him doing it. You have Vince McMahon on his own program doing it. <laughs> and the other thing is Hulk Hogan has a revolving door to show up whenever he wants. But it's not just that. We can also go beyond racism. There's the sexual assault stuff. Mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream, still with WWE. Jordan Devlin, still with WWE. Matt Riddle, still with WWE. Mm-hmm. All of those people have had really seedy things. You go to AEW, um, they got rid of the British dude, I forget his name, 
Uh, uh, Jordan Devlin. Uh, he was. You know, he kind of. He kind of looked like Marilyn Manson. The one with the goddamn. Oh, not the one with the. Uh, I'm about to say Darby Allen, even though his name is problematic. His name was mentioned. Sammy Guevara tweeted something and got more punishment than any of them. Anybody I just named, Sammy Guevara got more punishment, and he said something, and he deserved to get what he got. But people who have actually been accused of these things, this and that. Cody Rose is like really good friends with Joey Ryan. Nobody's asked Cody what he thinks about this or how he feels about this, considering how how vocal his wife is about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like he's been very, very quiet on these things and no one's held his feet to the fire. Like we can sit here and pretend like the industry is changing, but they let go of a guy, not even because he was racist. It just seemed like his contract was up. Jackson Riker is still there. Like Hulk, like I said, Hulk Hogan has a revolving door to come back to WWE anytime. Even when the black workers said they don't feel comfortable with him. And the white workers were there, who are the top white workers, are there supporting what they said. Like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are sitting here like, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with the New Day. Finn Balor's over here like, yeah, I agree with the New Day. These are your champions. These are the guys who are the bankable stars. And they're sitting here saying, yeah, Hogan shouldn't be back. Not because this and that. It's just because he doesn't seem like he's sorry about it. He doesn't. He didn't have a formal apology about it either. Yeah. And then we go to Nia Jax. So I don't want to be misrepresented here. Nia does have a history of being in the ring with people, and she does have a history of either whether you want to call it being a botch worker and injuring people or working too stiff and injuring people. So if you want to label her a dangerous worker, that's fine. But this idea that she needs to go off a TV is kind of asinine, considering you guys love dangerous workers. You know how I know that? Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor had two really hard-hitting championship matches. In the first one, Finn Balor's jaw got broken. In the mm-hmm. second one, he got busted open. Nobody's keeping that energy, that Nia Jax energy for Kyle O'Reilly for working stiff. Remember last year at Wrestle Kingdom? We, me and you both like watched Naito versus Ibushi, and we were just like, it was a good match, but it was so stiff and dropping each other on the head and neck that it was hard to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Nobody has that energy for them. I want to, I want to read something, and I just. I just hope, um, you know, uh, people understand that who this comes from. This isn't from me. This is, you know, this is something someone else said. And I just, okay. So basically, it's paraphrasing. There was a wrestler who said, talked about working in Japan after. After seeing Shibata, who's another guy we can bring up, who worked so stiff, he headbutted Okada and ruined his wrestling career. Mm-hmm. He nearly killed himself for this. 
None of those guys get labeled as dangerous workers or should be taken out of the ring. But a worker who worked in New Japan and I think had a match with Shibata was basically who basically said something to the effect of like Japan's strong style. They work really, really stiff. So you mm-hmm. you, you can see there's very little fakeness to it. And essentially what this wrestler was saying was Japan is, has this, this fascination right now or it's fallen in love with doing these really stiff, really hard-hitting moves and these moves that have a high level of difficulty. So what you see is people trying to not only outdo each other with difficulty of move, but you're also having people seeing how hard they can hit someone or how hard they can get hit, which just leads leaves more open, leaves the guys more open for for injury. The person who said this, who I'm paraphrasing, is Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. So this is not someone who came to Japan and, you know, made made a name over there and left, and it's critical. This is someone who was born and bred over there, who made their name as an international star over there and decided to say, hey, the place that where I'm from, the place that raised me, it's getting too dangerous. It's getting too dangerous. You can watch a CZW match. You can watch people get hit with fluorescent light tubes and have gallons of blood coming out of their face. Mm-hmm. At a PWG ma- match, when it was still open, David Arquette cut his throat on a broken tube and near and ruptured an artery. Had he not hey. gotten out of I know I you didn't mean that. Yeah, but David Arquette is funny. Yeah, but David Arquette nearly died. And the thing is, none of y'all have this energy for Nia, for them the way y'all do for Nia Jax because the idea is that, well, they chose to work that way. They chose so they knew the consequences. Let's be clear. Anytime you get in that ring and you trust someone, something bad can happen. And that doesn't even mean the person is trying to do it. There have been mm-hmm. plenty of people who have accidentally hurt people. Sabu got his, like, there's a whole company. Like, ECW was a company of dangerous workers, of guys who didn't know how to wrestle, guys who were going out there drunk and high and really hurting people, not knowing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, on purpose. Like, one of the greats from there was Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome was notorious for being very careless with the people he was working with. Yeah, that's why Stevie Wonder almost pulled up on him. Or he yeah. did. I'm sorry. Not almost. Stevie Wonder pulled up on him. Stevie Ray. Hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah, Stevie Ray. Uh, Stevie Wonder probably as well. Because he can see. Uh, yeah. So Stevie Ray backstage, you know, when uh, I remember the spot, Mike Awesome did the awesome bomb into the turnbuckle, which is extremely dangerous because you could instantly paralyze somebody. Uh, Stevie Ray said he ran up on Mike Awesome and he's. <laughs> He said, hey, man, he's trying to hurt my brother. And he had Mike Awesome shook. He told that story a couple of years ago. And then he said, and I quote, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Mike Awesome. But fuck Mike Awesome. He's trying to hurt my brother. And there it is. So then you just have to ask yourself, how concerned are you with worker safety? Because I agree, Naya needs to get better in the ring. 
I also think you guys should really think about how much you enjoy people working stiff. If you're that put off by Nia hurting someone all the time, why do you like that dragging off Walter match should have been disgusting to you. Mm -hmm. I was fine with it. But at the same time, I'm also not out here saying, you know, Nia needs to be run out of the industry because she's hurt people. Seth Rollins broke John Cena's nose. He injured Finn Balor's shoulder after Finn, when Finn Balor won the title, altering Finn Balor's career permanently. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins has not suffered for that. Goldberg ended Bret Hart's career. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart will not stop telling you. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, Goldberg like we- was unprofessional. You know, he didn't know how to work, and yeah. You know, he, he got me hurt. He he definitely helped with you know. He, he you know what he really suffered from. So I'm gonna stop joking. But like I said before we started recording, uh, Brett was quick to call somebody unprofessional, which is hilarious to me. Like it's just the, the concept of calling somebody unprofessional. Stand and then he'll be like unprofessional, unprofessional. Hulk Hogan, I don't rock with Hulk Hogan. I don't like yeah. him. Just fuck him. But uh, but no, it's remember at the Royal Rumble ninety eight or ninety nine ninety nine, the Rock hit mankind in the head with a chair twenty something times. I was just watching that last week. Yep. Yeah, the Attitude Era in itself was a dangerous era for workers because you had Patrick said he missed. Yeah, like that's the thing that becomes tricky. So, like, when you talk about Nia and you see you love all this other violent wrestling where injury is more likely to happen, and when it does, you shrug it off. Like, just because they knew the risk doesn't make it okay. It was a botch, and they hurt someone. Kyle O'Reilly's done it two times to Finn Balor. What happens if he does it in another match and injures someone? Are we really going to start sitting here saying Kyle O'Reilly is a dangerous worker? He needs to check himself. Mm-hmm. What happens if one time Naito and Ibushi are wrestling and they really seriously hurt one another? We know they work stiff with each other. That match was so gross at the, t- the 2020 Wrestle Kingdom that me and you actually agreed with Dave Meltzer. Yeah, the only time I ever agree with that old jabroni. Like, you know, it's wild when all the when people look at Meltzer and like, yo, Meltzer is kind of like right here, like almost unanimously. Well, I won't say unanimously because there was a lot of people that push back, and that never happens. Yeah, but it's so it's just I I just ask you guys to really think about your concern for worker safety when the only person you harp on. The only person you give a hard time to is Naya. I ask you guys when you when you see that someone like Lars Sullivan gets released, really consider how long ago the racist messaging was and then the time of the release before you say, Oh, we got, you know, I good, I get it. We got the racist man out of here. I'm totally good with that. But don't forget, Taker who's saying he missed the old days. He let a lot of like really bad stuff happen under his watch when he was a locker room leader. Women talked about being harassed all the time by dudes. Mm-hmm. 
male talent talked about being bullied by people like JBL. So, oh, I just thought about something. My fault. Hopefully, you'll lose your thought. When we're talking about people from California, I forgot Bob Holly is not from Mobile, Alabama. He's from Glendale, California. And a perfect, another good example of a dude who used to bully people. Look at how he was on Tough Enough. Gee, I'm not letting nobody from Glendale bully me. No. Originally, they say he's from Orange County, but then Wikipedia said Glendale. Either way, either one of those places, you're you not bullying me. They're both sundown towns. So, but like I said, that's another dude that just used his position as like, oh, I'm the vet. And if you want to be, you got to respect me because I'm the vet. So I'm going to be as disrespectful and dickheaded-ish and I'm going to punch you when you don't need to be punched. And this like. But you heard what MVP said about that? Did you read that Bleacher Report article? No. He said, uh, I'm a grown-ass man. Nobody was going to bully me in that way. All that Ricky Hazen and all that shit, no, that wasn't going to happen to me. Yeah, that's true. But there's a difference between being 19, 20, and then being, you know, MVP started doing this in his 30s. But even then, you got to think about his, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Prior to wrestling, yeah, he said he's yeah. a grown man, and he, he he's right about that. Because prior to him getting into the entertainment biz, which is wrestling, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did really time. He, he was really out of here. So there, there, you couldn't be scared of someone like him because there were much scarier people where he had he had grown up living and where he had you know served the time the place he was was. I think he did a ten year sentence. Nine years, uh, Nine years. for arm for yeah, uh, he, he rob, did robbery. If I'm not mistaken, he was he was banging. Yeah. The man was <laughs> he was out here doing the Max B. Yeah, he was he was doing. He got the same time Mano got. Hey, and besides that, he from Dade County, so yes, y'all y'all in the '90s, so y'all do with that information as y'all want. Yes. Now, the last thing I want to bring up when it comes to like the idea of a changing industry. I want to bring up a wrestler, and this might be, I really hope this isn't tasteless. I want to talk about China. Uh-huh. China is the, bru- the blueprint for someone like Charlotte Flair. Uh-huh. She, like, if you put her in the modern era of wrestling, she, with women's wrestling, she fits in perfectly. She's still a top star. She had a draw about her. She's not in the Hall of Fame. One of the reasons people believe she's not in the Hall of Fame was because before, you know, a short time before the end of her life, she got into the adult film industry. And she had put out a few sex tapes before that. You know who's able to come back to WWE anytime, you know, they have a reunions thing? Sonny. Sean Waltman. Right. And do you know what Sean Waltman did other than be in D-Generation X in the NWO? Go ahead, tell him, because I already know. He was in the sex tape with China. Mm-hmm. He was abusive to China when they were in that relationship. Ver- verbally and physically. There is no hesitation to bring that dude back for a show, even just to stand there. 
when he was the least important person in Degeneration X. Everybody in who was in Degeneration X was more important than him, including Rick Rude. And then when they got the second iteration of it, imagine uh that as Billy Gunn being more important to you. Exactly. Like the New Age Outlaws are more important. <laughs> that one of the only people the Rock hates. The Rock loves everybody, but he hates Billy Gunn, which I still don't understand why to this day. Well, there's probably a reason behind that. But China's not in the, the Hall of Fame as a solo act, even though it's clear that she should be. And the thing that becomes even more double standard about this is because if you're saying that the adult film industry uh, career is the reason why she's not, China did Playboy twice for the WWE. Mm-hmm. That's when they w- had a lot of uh, women's doing it. WWE, that attitude error that the taker misses that we supposedly love so much, also made a lot of money by selling sex, particularly in the form of women's bodies. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, like, you got to really think, you got to really concern yourself when you think, like, oh, the business is changing. There isn't these double standards anymore. There isn't this underlying racism and sexism anymore. When when you clearly have people out here only having hatred for Nia Jax as a dangerous worker, when I'm giving you examples that other people work stiff, which means they're more dangerous on every night. Just because someone's not, you know, having to take off a few weeks, you don't think these people have, you know, bruises and more injuries? You know, people think if someone's really pulling your leg like that, you don't have a strained muscle. And think about this too: all the people that she be hurting, like it's not like the the big stars, like no. or it, the, if you all, be, and then if you want to keep it a bug, it ain't really been too many women of color other than one. The the other thing is, this all stems from the fact that she punched Becky Lynch in the face, which was bad. Everybody knows that was bad. But at that point, that's when people just started harping like, okay, let's go through every time she hurt someone in the ring. But listen, maybe it's based on what I just said. But other than, you know, and that's probably with just a bad spot. Other than, you know, damn, I'm blanking out. But other than the one with uh, Bailey, you know, when she her shoulder got messed up. <laughs> Most of the people that she's been so called stiff working or potato one have been white women. Am I am yes. I tripping? Yes. Now Naya is a half white woman herself, but she's much more in tune with her Samoan side. Uh genetics is a given in that instance. Yeah. The other thing you gotta consider is who else is Naya's size? In real life? In the business, that's a woman. Oh, okay. I'm about to say. Uh like Charlotte is the same height as her. That's about it. Even then, Charlotte is a few inches shorter. But all I'm saying is, and this is where we'll, where we'll end it, you shouldn't be concerned with Naya being a dangerous worker. Not more than anyone else. The place you should be concerned with Naya more than anyone else is the fact that she's a goddamn anti-vaxxer. Good night, everybody. <laughs>